Hello and welcome to The Queer Experience. My name is Eric. I use he, they pronouns. Um, and today we are going to solve a cozy little murder in a cozy little game called Brindlewood Bay. Uh, this game is written by Jason Cordova. Um, it is a dark and cozy mystery game. Um, the way I describe it to most folks is if you take Murder, She Wrote, plus Golden Girls with just a dash of Cthulhu in there because um, it gets a little creepy. Um, so I've recruited some wonderful mavens to be part of this adventure. And I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves. If you could tell us your name, your pronouns, um, and then maybe your favorite adjacent television show or character. Sure. Um, my name is Chance, um, a.k.a. Sharkucci on most social media platforms. Um, he, him uh, pronouns. And I love the Golden Girls and Grace and Frankie. Mm. Oh, Grace and Frankie's a good one. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Spencer. Uh, I go by he, him pronouns. I love the Golden Girls and my favorite character is Blanche. Um, I'm Ghost. I use they, them pronouns. My character is Rosemary Greenwood. And I actually do have a favorite murder show, and it's Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Yeah, it's set in 1920s. It's set in 1920s Australia. Okay. Um, and it's very cool. There's like three seasons in a movie, but I don't have access to the streaming service it's on anymore, so I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> So, and we'll do um, we'll do a little bit more of kind of character stuff in a second. But the basics of this game is that it's kind of built on a Power by the Apocalypse um, kind of rough adjacent in terms of dice rolling. So players will roll 2d6 dice for all of their dice rolls. Um, 10 and above is generally good. 7 to 9 is not as good, but almost good. And then 6 is... Uh, just a failure and gives them a point of experience. But because we're only doing this for a one shot, we probably won't get to a place where experience and advancements really matter uh, <laughs> because that's a one shot. Um, so every, what I'll have you do, if you want to, I mean, we'll do reverse as uh, go started talking about Rosemary a little bit. Tell us who your person is. Um, what is their, Co like what do they look like what's their cozy activity because everyone has a cozy activity um and then we'll we'll get jumping into this this game so we'll go ghost and then backwards oh god got so far as a name i didn't think of what she looks like uh <laughs> um so you wrote yeah rosemary is a gardener if it wasn't in the name uh and has hair that's like, like dark brownish hair that's usually um pulled back into a bun so it's hard to tell like if it's like curly or straight or what because like literally no one's ever seen her without her hair in a bun it, it might just be a wig for all anyone knows uh, um and what else were uh i think that was kind of it just yeah giving us a little bit of info about about her um is usually has dirt on some form of her clothing it might just permanently be there now um and always 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 has a little like quarter apron with like three pockets and you know when they have like the smaller like pen-sized pockets like that so your tools will stand upright it's like tricked out 
She's been doing this long enough. She like splurged for the tricked out apron on Etsy like 20 years ago and it's held up since. Amazing. Um, all right, Spence, tell us about your Maven. Yeah, so my character is Patricia Charcuterie. Uh, she likes to dress very nice, even when at home. She wears a lot of wigs, a lot like uh, Moira Rose from Shit's uh, <laughs> Creek. Um, and uh, she really likes bird watching in her later years. Okay. And Chance, tell us about your, your Maven. Uh, my character is Mavis Quinn. Um, she is a retired nurse practitioner. She started as a nurse working at Boston Catholic Guilt Hospital. And <laughs> Boston Catholic Guilt Hospital. <laughs> I, I think I remember that one. <laughs> and when she and she and her husband Gerald moved to Brindlewood Bay, um, that's where she became a nurse practitioner. And she was working at the Brindlewood Bay New Age Non-Denominational IDK Hospital um, before retiring in 2011. And um, for her cozy activity, um, she keeps up with a lot of pottery um, just to avoid arthritis. Hmm. Not your non-denominational IDK. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. A very new age approach to a hospital name. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so so we're the we're running one of the pre-made modules that that came with the the gamer that I, that I have. Um, God knows I bought enough thing through bundles and everything else that how I acquired it is unclear to me. But I have a bunch of things that I have purchased somewhere. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing the Great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off. Um, so the most popular television program in the world, the Jolly Good Baking Show has come to Brindlewood Bay to find the town's very best baker. Um, a number of qualifying rounds have been held, and our murder mavens are among the bakers to make it through to the final televised portion of the program, where you all get your chance to meet presenters and have your confections judged by the notoriously strict Paul and Jane. And we'll say that there's 10 people, because that feels like an appropriate number, um, and the, um, if you are familiar with Brindlewood Bay for somebody who's played Brindlewood Bay before, because we're doing a one shot, we're setting our complexity level at four. Um, and so that will, when we get to the point of our mavens trying to decide if they know, have enough information to solve the crime, that is the kind of negative qualifier number that we'll take out of their dice roll, um, just to keep us a little bit more contained in terms of time. So this is, we're going to start right in the, right in the middle of it. Um, so the scene is going to open. It's a beautiful day. The tent is up because, of course, it's all in a tent in some. And this Brindlewood Bay is kind of a coastal New England town. So it's one of those nice sunny days. We like kind of like today in Boston um, when Chance was like Boston, not like Catholic Gill. I was like, how are you here? Can you see <laughs> the buildings near me? Um, so we are going to have everyone start by everyone had to round one is pie bake and so i'm going to have each of you describe your pie that you have baked um and then as i said and each of you will judge the other uh kind of as we talked about prior to recording which you know and you can declare the pie is a triumph 
or that it is rather disappointing. Um, you get to decide that. And then at the end of all of this, I will get to decide who is Starbaker. Um, or Starburst Baker. We'll call them the Starburst, Starburst Bakers because yeah. we're not fully encroaching on copyright issues. Um, so, Ms. Mavis Quinn, please tell us about what kind of what kind of pie did you make? Well, today I have prepared a cherry and cinnamon based pie, and I have used one of those stencils. Um, I used a lot of books, um, as I am a fan of the uh, Golden Crown Mystery series. Um, as the stencils and I've put one of those little hats um, that has a veil over it um, on top of the pie because I forgot to mention before uh, Mavis's personal style is very Elaine Stritch slash Colleen Donaghy in 30 Rock she's going out of this world the same way she came into it wearing a hat (laughs) and so the pie is also wearing a hat I love that um uh patricia slash spence does that pie sound like a triumph or rather disappointing uh it sounds like a triumph to me okay and why what give me a detail about why why is it a triumph uh the little details on the books on the top have a very nice uh bake to them okay uh and and uh Rosemary, can you also tell me about why this pie is a triumph? Give me a a detail. I love the attention to detail and also think that the flavor choices are perfect. And so Paul and Jane uh, both come over and Paul with his, uh, you know, bald, bald head, very (laughs) cutting, steely eyes. It's not copyright if he's completely bald in this. If one. he's completely bald, it's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Jane is a very, you know, described as sweetly judgmental, a little posh, uh, beloved celebrity, um, beloved celebrity uh, in the UK, tons of books, knows her stuff. They both come over and you know, Paul looks down at it and and does, you know, they, they cut, you know, they do the thing where they cut the pie and like all that beautiful bottom. work. Yeah, they scrape it. He's like, oh, the flaking on this is is superb. And and Jane takes a, a small bite of it and just the, the flavor combination is just really, you know, nothing overpowers the other thing. It's got a good punch to it. Um, and, and I'm going to say that I'm gonna say that in the, in, in Brindlewood Bay, uh, the Great Brindlewood Bay Bake Off, Jane reaches forward to give you the the handshake. Wow! Right out the gate, right out the gate. Snaps, snaps all around. <laughs> um, and so then you also have um, two the, the two presenters. So you have Sue Mellon, and you have Timothy Bush, B O O S H. Okay. Um. Sue is boisterous. She's full of, she comes running over. She gives you a big hug. She is, um, she's a huge comedian, super successful. Um, and she has been on the show for a few seasons at this point. And she comes over and she's like, 
this is, you know, I was trying to think of like a good, I was like, she's like, this is like a, this is a banger with some mash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's super excited. Everyone's praising uh, Timothy, Tim, the other presenter. He's just like this overly large human being. Like he's six foot five, um, but dressed in like very, like he's wearing like a black trench and like some mascara and just because of like a little gothy emo vibes and you know kind of has no idea he's looking he's like ah well it looks like a pie to me and i guess that's what they were going for congratulations good job you did a good you did great that was the assignment <laughs> you understood the assignment um so then the you hear the you the one of the producers uh heath Hendricks. Kind of comes running. He's like, "Okay, okay, we got to keep on schedule. We got to keep on schedule. All right, camera." He points to the cameraman, um, Buck, and says, "All right, we got to move, move the shot, move the shot, move the shot. Get on, focus in on Patricia. Can we get the tight shot in on Patricia?" And he does the like three, two, hmm. and then Jane and Paul kind of come walking over to Patricia, and they're like, "Ah, oh, Patricia." Um, and for all, I think for all three of you, this is like you're finally seeing like the weird magic of fil- of like reality television where it's like, okay, do we get the shot? Okay, cool. Reset camera, redo this, da 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 da. And what you know, when you watch the episode, what looks like a very seamless, like they just walk from one person to the other, actually is like a 10-minute process of moving things around and making sure everything is good and people are touching up Jane's makeup. And you know, I've and- literally never thought about that. <laughs> All the time it goes into like with Great British Bake Off because it just seems so like yeah it's just chill. I mean, maybe for all I know, it actually is, but we're gonna pretend like it's not because. No, I just mean like the way that they do it makes it feel like the cameras don't actually exist. Right. Um. All right, Patricia. What? What kind of pie have you made? Paul comes over and kind of leans down and looks at it and. So what do we got here? (laughs) Okay, judges. Uh. I have prepared for you today an everything bagel pie. When I was trying to decide what kind of pie to make, I just couldn't choose. And so if it was in the pantry, it's in this pie. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like everything. All I can think of is everything everywhere all at once and an everything bagel right now. Yeah, everything Um, on bagel. All right. Uh, I think I said, who was today? You judge. Okay, ghost. Yeah. You get to decide. Does this sound like a triumph or slightly disappointing? I think it looks amazing. It looks like perfectly baked, and I think it is perfectly baked. But the flavors get kind of overwhelming, and you can't quite tell what's actually in there okay so so slightly disappointing so i think overall i think overall it's like the middle ground between like this was really good and this is going to send you home right away (laughs) it's like there's a middle ground there that i think this falls under um all right chance tell me what was what was uh also i'm gonna put this even though it we said it kind of is a mix we're gonna i think it slides a little bit more because the flavors are so horrendous uh that it is slightly disappointing 
Uh, so Chance, what what makes it also slightly disappointing? Um, I think not being able to pick out individual flavors. Um, I mean, there's there's cinnamon, there's um, pepper, there's paprika, <laughs> um, there's cumin. Um, is it savory? Is it sweet? Right. You got yeah. like a note of pineapple for some reason. Don't know where that uh, came from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's just like, you know, it's like alchemy. Like we put all these spices in here and somehow got pineapple. Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> And you see uh, Paul and Jane both kind of looking and like they both, you know, they each do the little sawing, like little bites. Um, you see Jane like take a nibble for a second and then just quietly put it back in her in her hand and set it down. It's a Nicole Byer like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a flavor. That's an experience in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and you see you see paul like paul paul eats the bite and and paul kind of just looks and he goes well i mean it just it looks fantastic but it just is that a note of cherry segueing into almost chicken i don't how did you get so many flavors into this it's you gotta you gotta edit a little bit you just gotta edit this if it would have tasted as good as it looked, oh, this this would have been superb. Yeah, the the clock was just ticking down, and I I just couldn't pick one thing that could go in this pie. Um, and then you hear that um, Keith kind of comes, you know, walking back out, and he's like, kind of does the like, clock. okay, like we gotta we gotta we gotta keep moving. We're on a schedule. We're on a schedule. Um, I'm gonna say before they get to Ghost, they're gonna stop at they stop at two other contestants. So first they stop at uh Scott Lamb. Uh so Scott, I'm gonna read this because this is just amazing. Organized, fond of bow ties, twink. <laughs> Scott was a contestant on the Jolly Good Baking Show three years ago. Uh and he explained. Famously went home after an explosive on-camera argument with Paul over a pan of overbaked muffins. And a lot of viewers believe that there's more to the story. That there's more to the story and there's uh, small hints of that they might have had an off-screen romance. And so he's back and it's kind of like a stunt casting. Like Everyone walked in and was like shocked that he's here. Um... I'm I'm going to read the quote under his name. It's very important to blind bake the pie crust so you don't have a soggy bottom because believe you me, Paul likes a night a neat firm uncomplicated bottom. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. We've wrapped it up. This is the best podcast episode we'll ever have because we just <laughs> said that someone wants a nice a, a neat firm uncomplicated firm. bottom. Oh. Um, and so they go over there and they're like just singing, they're singing his praises, like everything is great. Um, Jane immediately just like she like takes one bite and like the hand is straight out to give him the handshake, like it's delicious. Um and then they walk over to another contestant, Melanie Blair. She's Wait, what was what was the bottom's name? <laughs> Scott Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Mel- Melanie what? Melanie Blair. Blair. So Melanie is seemingly frazzled, actually intense, sensibly dressed. She has lived in Brindlewood Bay all her life. Um, she learned to bake from her parents. He used to own a bakery before it went out of business. And so they go over there and it's kind of a mixed review for her. Like they're eating it. They're like, hmm, like the, the dough is just a little undercooked. Like I wish that the, the, the crust would have had a little bit more of a crisp to it. And, but it just, you know, but the flavors were really good. The, you know, the punch of the blueberry, the blueberries with this, um, this like lemon citrus, it just really goes together well. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a shame that the crust just, you know, it's just another, another five minutes in the oven and it would have been, it would have been solid. Um, and yes, I did just watch an episode of Great British Bake Off right for <laughs> doing this. All right. So, uh, Rosemary, the judges come up to you. Please describe your pie. Okay. I've kept it classic, uh, with an apple pie, um, season like with the apples uh with covered with cinnamon cardamom and cloves um with a classic i I put thought into this with a classic like lattice uh top that is also decorated with little green and orange hearts um which are colored naturally by sage and turmeric um all of the herbs are fresh from my garden uh, like got them this morning before coming to the to the tent um and yeah can you right. can you tell what i bake <laughs> yeah. and then uh chance you get to decide is this uh, a triumph or slightly disappointing to me to borrow a phrase from another prominent british judging show that um, makeup judging show that Trixie and Katya watch for I like to watch dang dong like <laughs> this is a triumph <laughs> and what so tell me tell me what another give me another detail about why is it so uh why is it such a triumph just the like fresh like farm to plate herbs and spices really just kind of push the baking quality of this pie over the edge um and the attention to detail is spot on dang dong <laughs> uh and spence can me can you give me a detail about why this was such a triumph uh this pie is like classic apple pie like in every way like straight out of the book it's just like every detail is perfect uh, and you get the the two hosts are are walking over as as uh, Paul and Jane are like taking their bites and they both manage to like snag a small bite for themselves. And you see um, Sue like takes this nice nice bite. She's like, "Oh, I've I've had apple pie before, and just there's this is just a whole different experience. This is new. I oh it's." Apparently the apple can fall far from the tree and make something new and exciting. (laughs) And she's like loving it. She just like, as like they keep walking around, like she just grabs like a 
full slice and is like eating it in front of everyone else as they're like finishing up their judging. Um, as they wrap up the judging, um, and so, uh, so that is every name that I gave you. Actually, the let me do one more thing. So, it is in the midst of the break between you know everyone's got to go freshen up. They got to turn everything over, um, and you all are in like the holding area where they keep everybody in between the challenges. They can reset the kitchen, put out all the ingredients. Um, because obviously the next thing is the technical. And so you have to be, you know, out of the way so they can cover oh, yeah. everything, make it a whole surprise. Technical. The technical. Um, so you all are sitting in the the waiting area and you see um, local police official, Sheriff Wyman Dalrymple. That's he, very British. Yeah. You see him like peek his head in and he's like, um, Mavis, Patricia, and Rosemary, might I borrow you for a moment? Have you eaten today? You look positively thin. Here, have some pie. Just like, he's like, he just, he grabs it. He's like, he's a pie. I got, I like vanilla ice cream from somewhere. <laughs> he's like, thank, thank you, ma'am. Um, and so, it's so nice to see you. What brings you down to the tent? Uh, so he walks in, and the what you would know to be uh Paul's wife, Donna. Wait, he's got a wife. Paul has that a wife. That adds so much flavor to the twink scandal. So she's you. Uh. You see her, she's sitting in this like separate room. It's like a an office somewhere that one of the producers or somebody would would normally use. And she's sitting in there, she is crying. Like she has, I mean, she's usually a very put together woman. Um, let's see, I'll read you her description. So bottle blonde, leopard print, piles of makeup. And like her husband, she is a celebrity having starred in a short-lived reality television program the real Scouse Wives of Liverpool. I was going to say she's living in the early 2000s right now. Yeah. Um, and she is like the mascara, the makeup, everything is running down her face as she is just like crying. And the sheriff kind of sits you all down for a second. He's like, um, a little bit of a problem. And I don't want to cause anyone alarm, but I'm going to, I would like to ask for your, um, Perhaps assistance. Um, Paul and his, whose last name is uh, Riviera. So Paul and Donna Riviera. Uh, Paul Riviera was found dead on his trail. When? Uh, about a minute ago. Um, Donna found him. She had left to go what? use the restroom and came back. And he was in there on his break when everybody was kind of out milling about. And she said she opened the door um, and he was he was dead in the trailer. His face was covered with flour. His hands were tied behind his back with just really like beautifully braided nylon cords. It was the strangest thing. And 
And she's like, as, as he's describing this, like she bursts into like another round of like hysterical crying from the side. It's okay. It's okay, dear. I'm just going to go sit down next to her and like start like giving her some pat armor, like pats on the shoulder. Like it's okay. Um, and he says, we're it's like, we're, we have to assume that somebody, somebody here did it. Um, and we want to figure out who it was. We don't want to call attention to it just yet. So we want you all, since you are the murder mavens, after all, I was hoping that you could, you know, ask around, poke around, see what you can do and see if you're able to help us figure out who might have done it. Not to be argumentative, but don't you normally have a problem with us solving mysteries around the bay? He takes a deep breath and he's like, yes, yes, I do. Um, however, Your chief this called is, out sick, didn't he? No, you see, this is a very high profile situation. And I would rather not, I would rather not have this turn into an international scandal that Paul Riviera died in Brindlewood Bay and not be able to name who the murderer was. So I have begrudgingly decided to ask for your help in the matter. You don't want to start World War Three, huh? Yeah, not a good look if we kill if we killed the star of the most beloved television program in the world, not good for Brindlewood Bay tourism tanking. Well, um, Brindlewood Bay have a tourism industry. I mean, listen, it's not much of one, but what we do get does sustain my salary. So I would like to keep that. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, have you done anything already as far as locking down the perimeter, as far as getting a list of suspects? Or as far as making an excuse as to why you're here in the first place? I was on site because they asked for security and at a top-notch program like this. And and a program like this, they get you? Says, ma'am? I'm asking for your assistance. I'm trying to give you possibly a big win here for the murder mavens to solve a very important crime. When we get that anyway without you giving it to us. This is while the pie is delicious, your sass is not. So here's what I need from you all. We're trying not to let this get out. He looks over at Mavis and says, to answer your question at this point, no one, everyone is being told, like all the contestants have to stay in place because they're contestants and they have to stay in place. Um, the the judge uh, Jane and the two hosts are also, as always, sequestered off in their their respective ta- or their respective trailers. No one from the crew is allowed to leave because it's work hours. So literally, everybody that's here is stuck here, and no one's allowed to leave in one way or another. So what we need you all to do is you've got a little bit of time before round two. Um, do do your thing. 
be nosy. Mm-hmm. As you I refer to quoting him before. He like stares at Rosemary for a second and he's like, do whatever you feel like you want to do. Maybe your two friends will be the ones that will actually catch the person. Since I don't know if you've ever actually solved one on your own. Have you? Have you? He just kind of looks around. He's like, and now I'm going to go consult. Like this woman is like crying in hysterics. And so he does I'm tell you. That, they're like consoling her gently. Um, So you're like official list of suspects are everyone. Kind of everyone I introduced. So Sue, Timothy, Jane, the two contestants, Scott and Melanie, the producer, Heath Hendricks, Buck, the cameraman, and Donna Riviera, the wife. So does everyone have a food-based name or is that just a coincidence? He says, you know, I never. And this is why you all are the murder mavens. Now, if you would excuse me, I'm going to go also do some investigation um, and try and stay out of, you know, people's way and don't want to draw a lot of attention to myself. And I'd appreciate it if you all would also not draw a lot of attention to anything. We're going to say that Paul's not feeling well. So when we get to the next round for the for filming, he just simply won't be there. It happens from time to time. No one will notice. Um, so he kind of ushers you out the door. Um, and uh, oh, and I was supposed to ask this at the beginning, and I didn't. My bad. Um, so the the Jolly Good Baking Show is connected to somebody, one of the three of you's favorite memories. What uh, memory is it? Like we each have a favorite memory or one? No, of I us? think it's just like one of you specifically. Somebody really has a good, a good memory of the Jolly Good Baking Show. Hmm. Maybe one of our grandkids won it. Hmm. Does anyone have? Anyone? I keep looking at the last name charcuterie and I'm like, maybe it's something in your family. <laughs> Yeah, we come from a a long line of charcuterie um, products. Is your family the family that invented the charcuterie board? It is named after us. Yes. Amazing. I hope you have. I hope you have a granddaughter named Bree. (laughs) Bree. (laughs) The parents Uh, are trying to be subtle, naming her Brianna, but she's fully embraced Bree charcuterie. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've got there's there's a few different places you can go. So there's, you know, the contestants again, all kind of in like a holding area. Uh, Jane has a trailer, Sue has a trailer, Timothy has a trailer, and then there's also like, uh, oh, the judge's tent, which is where like the jet like like the baking tent. Um, but this is where so like. I think this is where you can start kind of thinking about the different moves you can make. So you've got, um, you know, this is where like you start rolling for, are you meddling, um, trying to, and doing something risky. So if you're like trying to break into somebody's trailer or trying to sneak around somewhere, you might be doing a day move because it's risky. Um, and right off the bat, like those are probably your two biggest moves, but what, what would you all be doing? What do you, 
So you like walk out, he closes the door behind you and you hear him like trying to console Donna as she's like, just like overly hysterical. You know, I think we should take a second look at that trailer. The one where he died in? I feel like she's in too much hysterics to notice anything weird and he's too incompetent. So yeah, we should... Probably should definitely look there. Um, do you remember hearing about all the drama that was happening a few years ago with that Scott fellow? Mm. Um, was thinking about that. Wouldn't be surprised if he faked his death just to run away with his lover. Or Scott killed him. I mean, is oh, the well, body still in the trailer? Uh, that's what I want to go check. <laughs> Um, I'll say, I'll say yes. I'll say that you can, you can go in there and poke around. Is the body still there? Uh, yes. For right now, it's still there. Can I take a pulse? Uh, give me, well, actually. Actually, should the medical professional take a pulse? Well, what I was going to say is I think if you're trying to sneak, because you're trying to sneak around at this point, right? Like, I mean, you, everyone's, everyone's in their enclosed areas. I think the only people we'd need to sneak around for is the crew but they'd be like, would they be near the trailers? I mean, the, the the producer is definitely like militant about running around, keeping everyone on task. That's right. Um, so and we're not officially on this case either. That's so. true. We are we are contestants to anyone who would look at us. Um, so do you? I say just like just maybe one because y'all. I'm I would make you I think roll to to go into the trailer. Yeah. Because that feels a little bit risky. What role would that be? So that would be a day move. No, like a what ability? Um, oh, roll with the appropriate ability. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever, whichever one you'd be. So your abilities are, uh, vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. I and... could argue that this could be a composure role um since well a we all start with one uh composure but um yeah. uh because in in kind of the vein of if you walk with enough purpose no one will question you if we're not yeah. questioning ourselves no one will question us and we're just think... a couple of lost old ladies wandering around set so yeah yeah, I would I would give that if you wanted to to roll um composure. Are are we all rolling? I would say I do you all you know, I do you think all three of you going around together would cause more bring more attention? Do you want to split up and everyone go investigate a different thing? Ooh, split the I party. Think we, I think we cover more ground if we split up. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. okay. So we said Rosemary will go check. Well, I guess who wants to go check the body? I can do it if if no if you guys don't want to. Like well, check the body, uh, investigate I, the trailer. I do have experience seeing dead bodies. I saw it for me. Yeah, years I was thinking that <laughs> at Boston Catholic Guilt Hospital. Um, yeah, you have the the medical experience. Right, you literally have a medical kit. Yeah, you probably I, I do. do you'd medical. probably be the best one to check over the dead body. 
Okay, I can go check out um the body in the trailer. Um, okay, do we and think- then bef- yeah, before AJ rolls for that, let's d- determine. So, where Patricia, where are you gonna go? So, I'm very good at disguises. So, I was thinking, what if I disguise myself as Paul and go check out the the uh, the bake area? And see like, if I could find any uh any clues. Like where like where all the contestants are? Uh like like where the, the kitchen, the kitchen area. Oh, okay, like the baking tent. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to figure out what role that would like how well you disguise yourself. Or do you just do you just disguise yourself? Like is that your thing? That's the uh, movies, right? But- like whenever you need something to disguise yourself, you have it on you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So it's I. I'll say that then I won't like you. <laughs> I'm just picturing because you said you were modeling yourself after Dorothy Zaborniak, weren't you? Yes. So I'm just imagining Dorothy Zaborniak somehow putting together a disguise that makes her look like not Paul Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, like, given the show, I feel like that actually tracks. Like someone would tell Dorothy that her broad shoulders are coming in handy for once. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, and then Rosemary, where would you be going? Um, I think I kind of want to go into the um I wanna see if there were maybe any cameras accidentally rolling in the area that might have picked up any suspicious activity. Okay. Or maybe like security cameras just like by the building. Um, all right, so then let's do this. I think I'm I think I'm kind of just planning on taking my pie that got so much good feedback. Um, and just like taking around and offering it to people as Mm. kind of like uh A buttering people up and B having an excuse to be, you know, there when it doesn't look like I'm poking around. Okay. Um Awesome. Then let's do, I'm going to say Mavis, if you want to give me the composure. Yeah. Action requires steady hand, calm disposition, or intense concentration. So I feel like a calm disposition of like moving with purpose that you look like you're supposed to be wherever you're going. That's not good. Um, that's a six. <laughs> um, so you you lose, Liv. You you fail. So so you would like. I think the 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 concern here is like getting caught. So you're like walking toward very confidently toward the the trailer where Paul was and you see Keith Hendricks comes running over and is like excuse me excuse me excuse me you are not supposed to be here you are supposed to be back with the other contestants what are you doing why are you going to Paul's ca- Paul's trailer this is wildly inappropriate contestants should not be trying to to finagle their way into the judges trailers ma'am I expected better of you 
well, and I expected better of this facility because I have a very small bladder and I'm looking for a bathroom and I can't seem to find one. And it is your problem as a producer in order to make sure that those facilities are better for everyone. Do you want me to call in the, um, and I just want to make up some kind of <laughs> governing body for like medical issues <laughs> related to bladders, like, do you want me to call the National American Association of Bladder-Challenged Individuals on this production? Um, give me another day move, and I'm going to say that you need to give me the role with this one being uh, Presence. That's a 10. Okay. So you are successful. Um, and you see him like you, you challenge him and he's just like, how, hmm. Fine. Fine. It's fine because I don't think Paul's in there anyways, but if he sees you in there, I did not do this and it's fine. Um, so it's fine. He like goes storming off a bit, and you hear him just like muttering under his breath about um uh, just how awful all of this is, and uh he's like and he's like just yeah, you just hear him like muttering about how much he just like hates this place and hates everybody and how no one listens to him, and <laughs> he requested a better bathroom be put in this facility, but uh, well, for now, I will use Paul's bathroom <laughs> and I'll um, wait for him to go and then try to go inside the trailer. Yep. So, you, I mean, you can go in the trailer, the trailer, the door opens because um, they don't lock anything. Because why would they lock anything? Because it's the most pleasant. It's not, like anybody's been, it's not like anybody's been murdered before. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you're able to go in. Um, and you see the scene that was described. So he's flower on him. His hands are tied behind his back. He's very dead. Um, so what would you like to do to investigate? Um, well, I want to look for like any obvious like wounds, like any signs of like bleeding, any like open like stabbings, anything like that. Yeah, I would say so. I'm, I'll say reason. You can use a do a, give me a metal roll with reason, and I'll give you because you were a nurse, nurse practitioner. Are a nurse, nurse practitioner. I'll <laughs> give you advantage on it, um, just because I feel like that makes sense. Okay. That is a nine. And that's rolling three dice, taking the, the better of the two? Yes. Okay. Um, oh, and do I add my abilities to What was it again? Uh, reasoning. Reasoning. Okay, so that's actually an 11. Oh, there you go then. <clears throat> um, so you got you get your first clue of the mystery. First clue. Uh, let me look over these really quickly.
So you look and see, and the thing that you find interesting is that in your years of being a nurse practitioner, um, you know, you can, you can kind of tell some different things about, a, about a body and you, you actually notice that Paul looks like he's been poisoned, not that he was strangled to death. So you can see like his lips have kind of turned like a grayish color. And you also notice that um, there's just like a lit, like it's almost like, obviously like the, the sheriff missed it on a quick look, but like you see like a little bit of blood in his ear where it like looked like maybe it started. It's like almost started to drip out. Um, okay. Um, I probably shouldn't be in here for too much longer, so I'll just look for one other thing. Um, is there anything that looks like it wouldn't belong to him, like it would belong to somebody else? Um, I'm going to say otherwise, just I'm not giving out like a ton of clues all at once. That no, that's that's like what you find. Like that's the thing. Everything else seems like it should be in place for him. Okay. Um, awesome. I'm going to go over so to Patricia. I'll leave the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Patricia. This Patricia. You were disguising yourself as Paul and wandering around the baking tent or the judge, the, the judges, the judges tent. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the judges tent is normally decorated to look like a quaint cottage somewhere in the English countryside. But for this episode, it's been given kind of American flair. What sort of American flair do you think the show would have strewn about the tent to make it feel American? A fast food sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of uh, sponsorship banners, just like everywhere. Like okay. Every every fast food chain you can think of, like the logo is somewhere. I just imagine like every single like baking station has like a, a sponsored ad on the front, but I almost see it being like, instead of like Pepsi, it's like Pepsi with a C instead of an S where it's like mm. mocking American culture. But like at a quick glance, it looks very Americanized. Yeah. And the entire floor, like the, uh, the big tarp they put down, um, yep. is just the giant American flag. I like that. I like that. Awesome. Um, all right. So Patricia, what are you what are you doing when you're in the in the tent? What are you looking for? What are you trying to do? So I am thinking about the very neat ropes that they said uh Paul was tied up in. Mm -hmm. And it really reminds me of my more like younger promiscuous days. Mm -hmm. Um so I want to see in the tent if anyone's baked goods have very nice like folding and twisting like if there's any sort of pastry that's like almost too like practiced okay um give me another give me a metal roll so that's and just i would i would say for that one it's also i think it's gonna be reasoning as well i think you'll use your reason stat Okay, T just two D sixes. 
Yeah, just two. I got a four. Amazing. Uh, so if you if if you roll anyone who's failed a roll, which I think is now you and was it? Wait, who who rolled the six? I rolled that was, the six. Okay. Technically, you get a point of experience. If you happen to get five points of experience, you can take an advancement during this. I don't think you'll get there. Hope, hopefully, you don't get there. My God. Um, <laughs> so, so you don't find anything. Um, you are walking through the tent, looking at different things, trying to find clues. Um, and you see Jane comes walking up to you and kind of stares at you for a second and goes, you are not Paul. What are you doing in this tent? Explain yourself right now. Uh, I am absolutely Paul, Jane. Uh, we've worked together for years. You should know that. She she like stares at you for a second. Give me a... Um, and I want to make sure I'm doing these right. So give me a day move. So you're doing something risky or facing something you fear. Tell me what you're afraid will happen if you fail. Uh, I'm afraid that uh, my cover will be blown mm -hmm. and I might get disqualified from the competition. Mm, okay. For uh, uh, impersonating a judge. Yep. So give me 2d two 2d6 two plus uh and I'm gonna say that this is probably presence because you're trying to charm. Yeah, this feels very, very presence. Okay, uh so for the stats, do we all have the same five stats? Yes, except I think everyone you on your character sheet at the beginning of your game, you could add one to one of those. So in theory, everyone has zero, one, one, zero, negative one, and then you could add a one to one of them to start off the game with. Okay, would it be cheating to add it to this roll? <laughs> um, I think if you do that, then like it's you have the plus one to presence for the rest of the game. If you just forgot to do it, that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for the presence. Okay. All right, so two d6s? Two d6 plus one. I rolled a seven, so eight. Okay. Um, so on a seven to nine, uh, your actions will leave you vulnerable, and you can choose to back down or go through with it. Um, so I'm going to say... The vulnerable thing here, I think, is I think that that your disguise is doing a good job, but what your vulnerable spot is going to be is that you recognize that, like, at some point, Jane's gonna Jane's gonna find out that Paul's dead, but she just saw Paul, and you're not sure fully if she bought it or not like you're having a hard time reading her right now okay so either you could you could back off walk away or you can kind of just keep pushing forward and be unsure if she's actually buying the bit or not 
Okay. Uh, well, Patricia Charcuterie does not back down. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so you see, so Jane looks at you and just goes, she kind of purses her lips a little Miranda Priestly like. Mm. Very well. I was mistaken. You are clearly Paul. And yes, I should know the person who has been working with me all of these years. Um, wonderful. <laughs> um, all right. So, so she kind of, she leaves you alone. Um, you, and you are able to kind of keep looking around a little bit. Um, actually, she's, she's still in proximity. So if you want, you could talk to her. Because, you know, suspects always good to question people. Yeah, I think I want to, I think I want to question her. Okay. Tell me what, tell me, let's, let's role play it out. Uh, so Jane, uh, have you seen anyone go into my trailer or like go in the back that, uh, shouldn't be around there? She's like, oh, honey, I wasn't paying attention to your trailer. I barely pay attention to you at this point. <laughs> She's like, I don't. Why did someone go into your trailer? Did something happen? Should I be concerned? No, uh, no, there's no reason, reason to be uh, concerned. Um, I was just curious. Give me another, give me a metal roll. Um, using your presence. Okay, I got a, a four. <laughs> so she, like, you you were, you're almost kind of trying to get something out of her. Like, hoping she'd maybe engage with you a little bit. And she just looks down and she goes, Paul, 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 you know that I'm late. I have to get ready. I am not prepared for this next challenge. You know I hate the technicals. I find them so uh, droll. And then she just like run, like scurries off and leaves. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to cut over to Rosemary. Um, and you were headed to... I forget oh, God, where you... say, oh, is the, the wherever they keep the, the camera feeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you come up on like kind of the staging area where all of the, you know, the camera, you got the cameras are set up and kind of the spots with all of the, there's not like security footage because it's a tent and it's like a tent and trailers, but like where all the yeah. cameras are well, the cameras to see if there's any, I feel like they would have some kind of security set up. It's, I mean, the sheriff is the security. So you know how well that's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when you get over there, you see um, Buck, the cameraman. So Buck is described as being good humored. He's very handsome, uh, a little bit on the poetic side. Uh, it says it says Buck, an American. Uh, but he's also he's only been with the show for a little bit. Suspicious. So he's 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 like on the new on the the newer side of things. You and I think because of that, he's like on the lower end of the of the ladder. So he's the one that's like taking the taking all the stuff out Getting of the cameras the and putting them like yeah. he's doing all the grunt work that nobody else wanted to do. Yeah. Was he in like an American hire or 
Yeah, so he's he's definitely like, and he's not from the original cast. So he's been, like I said, they probably were, maybe if you would have heard this, like he's newer, but you're not sure how new he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So is he the only one here? He's the only one that you see right now. Just kind of like, again, just they've got all the cameras, like he's got all the, the footage from the last recording and is organizing things. You see him labeling stuff, you know, pie, yeah. pie signature challenge. Oh, well, what do they have you doing hiding away in here? Says, oh, hello, miss. I, uh, well, you know, I'm just over here uh, organizing, making sure everything is, is, you know, right and put away. What are, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be with the other uh, contestants? Quick question. Does yeah. he look like he is more child age or grandchild age? Uh, he's middle age, so he's probably like late thirties. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, oh, you know, I was just making sure that everyone had a little snack. Seems like everyone's working hard. Looked like they got you working harder than everyone else. Like, well, I've, I, you know, I've only, I've only been here for a couple, couple months now, and so, you know. It's the the newest hire who has to uh, organize all the all the tapes and uh, make sure everything is is all set. I don't know why we don't just do this digitally. I don't know why we just don't have cameras that just feed into a cloud somewhere. I try to tell them, but you know, technology is not uh, it's not yeah. these strong you suit. Know, you so. kind of lost me with all the cloud talk there, but uh, but I I believe in your ideas. Um. She, are you... she understands technology. She doesn't totally understand the cloud in its essence, but she understands like what he was talking about. Yep. <laughs> um, are you so are you trying are you trying to like get any info from him? Are you trying to like survey the room? What are you trying to do? I think I think I'm trying I'm trying to kind of get him talking about the setup so that it doesn't seem suspicious when I start looking at stuff closely. Okay. Um, give me give me a metal roll and do with your presence since you're trying to butter him up. Oh, I don't I don't I don't do good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of presence. I'm better at composure. I also my plus one, I decided kind of on a whim to put it in sensitivity so that it's a zero instead of a minus one, which I think is fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Do I get do I get any kind of bonus because I'm giving him pie? Because that was the purpose of the pie. You sure, get a, give, you get I'll a give... three point one four added to your roll. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give I'll give you the I'll give you the roll with advantage because you came with pie. Okay, that is a seven. Okay. Uh, plus zero, um, so a seven. So uh, you're kind of going through, and you, you know, he, you're, you're chatting him up. He's very like, yeah, this is great. Um, and what you, you find a recording, like a thing that's labeled, um, outtakes, and it says in parentheses, argument. And the complication is that like you're you're grabbing it and Buck sees you grabbing it. And Buck is like 
if so if i were to grab it he would see yeah me. if you were to, if you were to grab it i think i'm not gonna try and hide it this is this is how i get away with this is like how i i do like i i always try and make sure that there's a plausible reason other than my actual reason for what i'm doing <laughs> just in okay. general so I feel like I feel like I I won't try and hide the fact that I'm taking this. I'm gonna give him kind of like a conspiratorial look. Be like, what do, what's this? What do we have here? Like pointing. I'm not taking it. I'm just like, like pointing at it. Like, oh oh, I see that. What is that? I'm a curious old lady who loves to gossip. And he's just like, oh. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about that. That, uh, you see, I mean, I guess, well, you didn't hear it from me, but, uh, I love, but, you it, didn't but there hear was, it from me. but there, there, but there was a, there was a time when, uh, Paul, he, he got a little bit of a, of a, of an argument with somebody. We happened to catch, you know, just a little bit of it on camera. We didn't get to see who the argument was with. Um, but it was, it was definitely Paul and it was, he was hot when like today or oh no ma'am he's like this was like a week or two ago i think it was um but we just thought it was funny and so we kept it because made us laugh because paul tries to always be so composed and such but this this day he was he was mad as a hornet do you do you think you could give a little laugh to a little old lady like well you didn't get this one from me. And he just like slides it to you. Um, but the complication now is like, he knows, like he knows, he's, he's, he knows you have it and he knows that there's like something going on. Yeah. I'm hoping that he is just like taking this as he's entertaining an old lady who's, who's just looking for, just looking for a little drama. Yeah. So I think it's at that point, like her knitting circle. At that point, I think you all hear uh, Heath being like five minutes, five minutes to signature or five minutes to technical, five minutes to technical. And you hear a round of thank you five coming from kind of all cast and crew everywhere because this is a theater household and we will do, we will appropriately thank our stage managers. Yep. Um, So you all start getting ushered. Uh, Patricia, I'm assuming you, you de-pauled. Uh, I don't know. Before I go, I'm just going to give him a little hair ruffle like he's like my kid. (laughs) You see him like, he like grabs a hat and puts it on. It's got like a big American flag on the hat (laughs) with like a soaring eagle behind it. Fantastic. Um, Yeah, Patricia, are you trying to be Paul Riviera in like front of everybody? I'm thinking about it because I was able to convince Jane, maybe, that that uh i am paul and i feel like if they see if the person who killed him is out in the tent and they see me step out there as paul it's like the play within a play in hamlet yeah like they might react or like it might read on their face and my question as the the GM is, how do you, what is your explanation for where Patricia is? Uh, food poisoning. 
she actually tasted her pie and <laughs> she 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 ate a whole slice of it and is now just on the toilet debilitated for the rest of the day yeah. um okay i'm gonna say give me this is definitely is there risky. Anything we can do? Is there anything we can do to help with this? Because I want this to succeed so badly. I'm gonna say that it's there's not much anyone that can really. Do. I mean, like you all help make it believable, but I don't think it's gonna be believable. Like if people don't know, if people recognize that it's not Paul, they're gonna recognize it's not Paul. Yeah. Um. So, Patricia, give me. Uh, you're doing something risky. Okay. So give me your role, and this is going to be... Did we reconvene before the technical? Do we know that she's doing this? I don't know. So you heard five minutes. Patricia, would you have tried to rally your, your two comrades? And Yeah, yeah. I think I, I want to get together and see what they found, since I didn't really find any clues. Okay. Okay. So at the moment, you do have two clues... Okay, so ladies, I didn't find any clues uh, out in the tent, but I did find out that I make a pretty good Paul Revere. You mean Paul Riviera? Paul Riviera. (laughs) Also Revere. Also Revere. You would also make an excellent Paul Revere. (laughs) We certainly do look the part, because I thought that... I was seeing a ghost when we first approached. But... I know, it was creepy in a good way. Um, I... I found out that a couple of weeks ago, I got into an argument when someone got pretty heated. They didn't get on camera who it was. They saved the tape because it was funny. And I got him to give me the tape so we can watch it later. So that could incriminate possibly somebody who had mm-hmm. an agenda. If we recognize their voice. Um, When I made it into the tent, it didn't look like any of the physical foul play that Sheriff Wyman described was the reason why Paul died. Um, It looked like he was poisoned. Um, So that's what I found. It could have been someone could have slipped something in their bike then. It wasn't me. That, that there was no poison back there. <laughs> no, no, there was just too much everything else. <laughs> well, right. at least in the technical, you're supposed to use everything they give you. <laughs> um. All right, Patricia, are you sharing with them what your plan is? Yeah. So I think that instead of me going out and participating in this round. Because I know I've I've already I've botched it. There's no way I'm winning this. I think that I could stay in disguise and pretend to be Paul and just have the show go on as normal. And I'm thinking that if the perpetrator is out there, they'll see me and be very like shocked. Or like maybe we can catch them. Uh, being surprised. I think that sounds like a great idea. And we are adhering to Chief or Sheriff Wyman's instructions to not um, cause any undue stress or 
Imagine it's going to cause some undue stress if they find out that she's not Paul. But it'll also cause stress if Paul is revealed to be dead. This is true. I mean, they were going to just say he was sick, but. Well, at least this way the show can go on at least a little bit normally. All right, Patricia, I'll say because you convinced your two friends that that this might be helpful for your facade that you can give me a presence roll with advantage. So is that three dice and I pick the best two? Correct. Okay. I need a win. (laughs) I believe in you. All right. So I got an 11 plus one, 12. Yeah, that's very good. So you do what you intend to do you hold steady uh, and you get extra benefit or advantage that you receive. Um, so I'm going to say that you come walking out and like everyone absolutely thinks that it's, that it's Paul Riviera. Um, so like the host, the um, Timothy and uh, Sue, Susan, Sue, Tim and Sue come running out and they're like, you know, poking fun at you, doing the thing in front of all the contestants. Um, Jane sees you again. And this time it's very clear that she's like, I guess it is Paul. Just a little, little flush in the face. Little. Um, She like comes over. She's like, I'm glad you got cleaned up a little bit. You were not looking your best when I saw you before. (laughs) And honestly, if we're going to have you on camera, I need you looking your absolute best because. My God. Um, and like, and what you're starting to get the sense of a little bit is you like, first off, you know, it's like Jane's like poking at you doesn't actually feel friendly. Like you start getting the hints of like, oh no, like she, she genuinely does not actually like you. Um, the, the two hosts seem very like. You're getting, I mean, Timothy just seems like he's just happy to be here. Like, he's like a giant golden retriever. Like, he's just thrilled. Um, And you get every, like, Sue tends to, like, step on your lines a little bit. Like, she tends to cut you off a little bit. um, Almost like she's trying to pull the spotlight just a smidge from you. So you're having the, like, actually feeling what, what it is to be Paul Riviera. So technical challenge, which is, hold on. Oh, the next one is biscuits. Biscuits. Um, So what I'm going to do is that since Patricia is currently a judge, Patricia will get to make the decision for each of your biscuits as to whether they are a triumph or slightly disappointing. I feel like this is payback for your everything <laughs> high. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll start with Mavis. So Mavis, uh, the whole crew comes walking over um, and they look down and say like, oh, like, so tell us, you know, the we, we'll, we'll fast forward through like all of the frantic making of the biscuits and all of that. Um, 
what? Yeah, we'll fast forward through that for now. Um, Because during that, you're all very hyper-focused and nobody's going to talk to you about anything anyway, so. Wait, Mm. we're, again, we have been looking at the, at everyone to see who's, like, fucking surprised. About, Um, like, like, seeing, like, what the fuck is going on and trying to cover it up. Can we be, like, looking for that? I think, yes. I mean, I know that was part of it. You all were looking to try and see if anybody looked surprised, anybody looked... So I'm going to say... I think the way mechanically I want to do this is I want to put this to, like, one person to make a metal roll. So, so. I've been I've been rolling poorly all day. I don't think it should be me. <laughs> um, see, I, I was going it... to say, despite the poor rolls, I think it might, like just rationally probably should be oh no because you're not even in the tent for the technical never mind you you probably can't do this <laughs> i i can do it um right. and then that way yeah. at least um the rosemary is focused on like the technical challenge aspect i can just be like i got distracted i slipped <laughs> yeah okay oh and the other so the other thing one thing we just for rule clarification, because I always mess rules up whenever I do these. So advantages, I know I've been kind of giving them out. It's supposed to be, I know it, if one of your moves gives you advantage, which not all of them, some of those are your like, uh, your maven moves might do that for you. Um, or if you have an item in like your inventory slash your cozy little place that you can use as part of your action. Mm-hmm. Um, but go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say... This would be a reasoning role because you're like, yeah, otherwise engaging your mental faculty. So, yeah, you're like focused on people around you. Okay. And this is with advantage? Uh, Yeah, I said I'd give it to you at advantage because I'm very nice. <laughs> that is a 12. Ooh, we get our first void clue. In looking for kind of around the room to see who's surprised, to see what's going on. Um, I think you actually see, so you're looking and you see somebody, your clue is someone gets kind of a, it says a dressing down from the head of BBC. So you see this like big wig has like stepped out of some executive trailer and is really just like, off screen laying into Jane. And you hear, um, you hear him saying like, I just need you to get on board with the changes. I need you to be a team player and I need this to go well. And would you, I need you to stop jeopardizing this show and your career. And she responds back with something along the lines of like that, she is the show and they can't do this without her and she won't stand for the sexism that this is showing because she's built this she's she's built her entire career her whole way and she'll be damned if she let some man tell her how to live her life and how to do her show so y'all my original theory that i got after the poisoning clue was found um of Jane and a contestant working together to poison Paul 
Um, it's kind of looking like it's holding a bit more water now. Um, and because you also get a void clue. Um, so Mavis, because you're the one that rolled the dice. Mm -hmm. So you are you've got like your biscuits, you've got your dough all lined up and you're starting to like cut out the individual biscuits. And as you take the cutter down onto like down to a thing and then do the little twist where you're like trying to break it away from the rest of the dough, the dough seems to scream. Like you twist down and all of a sudden you hear, just hear this like, <gasps> and then it just disappears and it's gone. And it only happens that one time. Yep. And it seems to come from the dough. Like Yeah, it came from the dough itself. Like when you push down on it, it like let out a scream. Okay. All right. <laughs> and you seem to be the only person that heard it. Like, no one else seems phased. No one else seems, like, all of a sudden you heard it, and then it just... Um, all right, so you hear the judges, you hear Timothy and Sue be like, all right, contestants, and in five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. Presents your, you know, your... And so the... And even though I know technically the way that this is supposed to work thematically from the show itself is the blind yada yada of like dick going down the row. I'm still going to have you tell us what you did and have Pat uh, Patricia as Paul tell us how it goes. Um, so Mavis, tell me, tell me about your biscuits. So um, I actually was not able to get my biscuits into the oven. Um, they just, um, I was having a hard time getting them cut. The dough was kind with, of with the screaming and all. Yeah, the dough was kind of making some strange noises. I just uh I was concerned that maybe they wouldn't be um I don't know, acceptable to eat. So in 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 lieu of biscuits, I have prepared some donuts that I actually snagged from the um, cruise snack table. Uh, Patricia, how do you feel about this as Paul as Paul Riviera? <laughs> well, uh, it, it's not a very good biscuit. Um, as biscuits go. <laughs> it's biscuits. a delightful donut, terrible biscuit. Delightful donut, terrible biscuit. Uh, Biscuits don't usually have a hole missing from the middle. <laughs> True. Um, and Miss Rosemary, what did you what did you create? I think um in solidarity for the donut biscuits, um, have done the proper biscuits, but just cut a little hole out of them. <laughs> And then baked those separately and presented them alongside as little the biscuit holes, like you do the donut holes like munchkins. Mm. Other than that, they're like 
you know, they're, they're biscuits. They're what we were supposed to do. Uh, P- Patricia? Uh, more more pastries with holes in them. Uh, can, can you tell me how many ingredients you used in these? Because I feel like there could have been more. <laughs> because the technical challenge wasn't actually bi- like biscuits with holes in them. <laughs> like everybody, the like the line, the line of biscuits down the line all look beautiful. And then there's you two, one who put a line of donuts, and then one who put replicas of the donuts. <laughs> beautiful in biscuits. biscuits, just with holes. Um, you see. So you see the, the crew kind of goes down. Uh, they get to they get to the twink, Scott. And when and like they're they're tasting and you see uh Patricia, you like notice like Scott is like watching your face intently. Like doesn't seem to care what Jane has to say, doesn't care what anyone else is saying. And it's it's not even like nerves, like he's just staring at you like just uh, you know he's like a a twink zoo he's either suspicious that you're not dead or he's just horny (laughs) or both or both god a twink twink with daddy issues i love our podcast for consistency every season we have to have at least one to two twinks with daddy issues do any of those have any of those things ever had necromancy issues before? Well, one was a de- actually the one was a go- I mean, the one was demon twink ghosts, and the other oh the other turned out to be Dionysus. So I don't know what you want to do with that information. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so so Patricia, the twink is is watching you with loving eyes as you eat the biscuit and um and I'm just like and everybody else like seems like these they seem to have done a good job. You see, when you get to Melanie's biscuits, you take a bite and she's like she's like running her hands through her hair and just like very frazzled and like nervous and anxious. You can't tell if it's different than before because she's that's just her baseline. Yeah. Like her baseline is most people's like, I should be probably medicated for my anxiety. And that's just where she seems to be on a day to day. Has she gotten medication? Can we get her medication? <laughs> she may be on some actually at this point, and this is with medication. She's oh, still. Oh, it's boy. a process. They're working out the dosage. They're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um. It's it's been you a process. See exposure therapy is the stress of the competition show. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Um. So now I'm going to say the the next bit. You're going to have time for basically that they're the reset is is i'm gonna do this okay for the next bit you have a little bit of time before time to start the the final bake which is cake and you all have the time to kind of mill about um you still have some there's still a few trailers that you could check in on you could talk to contestants um, to see if you can kind of gather some more some more insight. So I'm gonna start with Patricia, since you're currently decked out as Paul. What is your next step? Where are you going? 
Can we get whatever the cop's reaction to this is? <laughs> um, Does, has he seen Paul yet? Or I'll say that he was like walking, like he he like walked into the like on the side of the tent when the 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 competition was going on, or when they the judging was going on, and you like you probably saw him like look over and like he did like a quick, and then he like looked over and did like the one. Because I feel like this is not the first time Patricia has been in in disguise. Yeah, as the same person, no less. You just kind of did the like, that's not right. I know that. Uh, Ah, Patricia's missing. Okay. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So fucking done with us. Um. All right, Patricia. What do you? What is your next step? So I think I kind of want to. Check out the uh, the big wigs um, trailer. Okay, uh, like the CEOs. CEO, yeah. Okay, because uh, he was yelling at Jane. So, yeah. so I'll say if you want to, like, so you go up. I think the door, like, he's in there, kind of fuming a little bit. He sees you come in. He's like, Paul, 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 sit down. Oh my god, Paul, what a day. What a day. What are you doing, Paul? Shouldn't you be getting ready for something? Why are you here? What do you need? What do you want? What's going on? He's like pouring himself a whiskey and like taking it, like sipping on it. Um, How does Patricia feel being in this like CEO's trailer as Paul? How are you? What's going through your brain? Um. Uh, she's a little jealous. Uh, his trailer's a lot nicer than uh, Paul's trailer. Okay. It's true. And um, she would she would definitely want a trailer like this. So how do you how do you respond to him? And we'll say his name is because this feels right. We're gonna call him Chad. Chad, Chad. the CEO. Chad. Uh, so Chad, uh, what's got you all, uh, all fuming? What's going on? He kind of stares at you for a second. He's like, Paul, cut the shit. Like, you, you, with all of your wild fucking demands, the, the, the different things I'm always kind of trying to cover for you. You can't seem to keep your hands to yourself anywhere, Paul. Like, I just need you... I just need you to like get yourself together and stop being such a fucking problem. It's what <laughs> I need from you, Paul. Um, give me, give me a metal roll. And I'm going to say it would either be composure or presence, depending on how you wanted to play it. Like if you're just trying to be, be cool in front of him, and not get worked up, or if you're, I mean, because you're not Paul, but like he's yelling at you, like even if you're not the person who's the target of the yelling, it still doesn't feel good, or to try and do something charismatic to get him to calm down a little bit. Uh, I think composure. Okay. All right, so give me your roll. Uh, 10. All right, so you get a clue. 
Um, so you get he so he's looks he looks at you and he's like, I mean, my God, who tries to put into their their contract a demand that you have a say in the contestants that come on this show and you can bring back old contestants on a whim if you feel like it all you're a judge you're just supposed to stand there eat some cake and call it a day i don't understand why you suddenly care about who's on and off set we brought the little twink boy back on for you my god like do you, what else do you need Look, I, I'm the one out there having to eat these crummy biscuits all day. He's like, did you <laughs> see that everything pie? I didn't even want to taste that thing. I mean, God bless you for putting that in your mouth. Oh, I, I didn't even eat it. When when they turned their head, I just kind of like threw it behind me when no one was looking. I just, I just don't. Paul, you got, I mean... You got, you got to get out of here, Paul. Paul, I don't, I don't have time for this. I need you to cool it on these demands. Go play nice with Jane. And if you want to play with other, other people, you do that on your own time, not on the show's time. Are we good? Yeah, totally. Kind of like ushers you out the door. Um, All right, Mavis and Rosemary, what would you two be doing during this time? Okay, um, the way, like, I think about, like, remaining moves mm-hmm. priority-wise, um, maybe one of us should go talk to Donna now that some time has passed and see if she's in a better space to provide some more information. Um, do you want right. to go talk to Donna, or? And see, what, what kind of role do we think it would be to go? talk to donna well she was crying a lot and her husband was murdered so maybe sensitivity okay i have a zero to that but that's better than a minus one so i can do it okay I mean, well, and that's the sensitivity oh, one yeah. is a little bit more is that more for like the it's more for like supernaturally it's more for like supernaturally stuff oh, oh okay but I also have a good composure. I mean, we all have the same composure unless we've taken the plus one to it. Um, is there yeah. any is there any way to to see if the sensitivity would apply in general? Like, can we? <clears throat> is that something we know we have access to? Um. So it says, like in the book, it says, use sensitivity if your maven's actions involve supernatural forces. The keeper may decide that any action is seemingly governed by a different ability is actually governed by sensitivity because of the supernatural, 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 spiritual, or occult nature of what is being undertaken. Okay. Okay. So basically, like we say we do something and then you decide based on the circumstances if sensitivity yeah. is helpful. Yeah. Okay. I could go console her. Okay. And okay. in the meantime, I'm going to try and see what was happening with that dough. Um, That's a good idea. <laughs> during the, um, <laughs> Is that why you didn't bake it? Because you wanted to go look at it later? Uh, well, it, it screamed at me. <laughs> That's fair. 
the doe screamed at me. Um, all right, so we'll do this. We'll kind of cut back and forth between the two of you. I'm gonna say, Mavis, you're gonna you go back to the tent. Um, I'm gonna say when you go in, it's because this because they're not setting up for the technical, the contestants are more free to kind of come and go from the tent. Um, so when you go in, Melanie's in there, Scott's in there, Melanie's just like staring at her recipe book, just like kind of grabbing her hair, pulling at everything, just being generally very worked up. Um, and you see Scott is just like chilling on like the stool, kind of cross-legged, kind of looking, like looking down at his nails for no particular reason, just kind of like looking around at everything. Like I'm too lazy to like move anywhere and just letting everyone kind of work around him. Okay. Um, so that's kind of what you see. And then uh, Rosemary, when you go to find uh, Donna, yeah, she's, I think she's just like sitting off, like I'm going to say she's sitting off on a bench kind of on the edge of the property. Um, they've kind of like sequestered her away from people a little bit. Oh, so that uh, means she didn't see fake Paul. She has not seen fake Paul. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Rosemary, what would you, when you see her, what would you do? Um, I think who can I have just like snagged, um, a few biscuits from whoever won that challenge. Um, yeah, we'll like say that we'll basket. say, we'll say that they were Scott's that Scott won the challenge. Oof. <laughs> Scott, the twink, the twink won the she, technical. I don't know if she's gonna want her twinks, her husband's twinks biscuits, but um, she doesn't have to know they're his. Yeah, maybe his buns will be better. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, no, just grab a few, just like oh well, she won't know that they're his. So, um, and uh, and just kind of bring them over in a little napkin with like a glass of like tea. Okay. Just kind of like, like not like, just like wordlessly like, things, snacks, can I, am I welcome here or would you like to be alone is kind of the like nonverbal. Yeah, I think she like, she'll let you sit, like she lets you sit down. She's like, they told me I had to sit far away from everyone else because I've been upset and I keep telling them, will you be upset too? If your husband was murdered in that kind of a trailer, it wasn't even a good trailer. It was disgusting. I don't understand how he lived like that from day to day. My trailer on the, the set of the real Scouse wives was so much nicer. It had a DVD player. It had bottled water. I didn't have to drink tap. I'm sorry, dearie. But oh, you've brought me some biscuits. That's so that's so kind of you. They were the best ones in the tent, although they weren't mine. I put little holes in mine. I thought it'd be fun. Oh, they don't really like fun in a technical challenge, dear. You know that. I do, but I also knew that there was going to be someone who did worse than me, so I could. I was a little safe. <laughs> she leans over. She's like, "I heard about the donuts. Very clever, but very silly." Yeah, you know, sometimes you just love scrambling. 
Um, all right. So are you, are you just trying to console her? Are you trying to get some information? I think right now I'm just trying to console her. Mainly because I feel like it's, if necessary, a bit insensitive to try and get stuff out of her right now. I kind of just want to make sure that she's doing better now, like better than before, before kind of broaching that topic of conversation. Okay. I mean, she's definitely warming up to like, she definitely seems to be appreciating you and welcoming your presence at the moment. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, I'll just, okay. I know you probably don't want to think about it, let alone talk about it, but. I gotta ask if there was anything funny that you saw around when you were leaving or going back into the trailer. Yeah, I'm gonna say give me give me that metal roll. Oh goodness. I think honestly what I'm worried about here is I don't even think I'm not even worried about her getting mad. I think I'm more worried that um that she'll just like be inconsolable and we won't really be able to get anything out of her after this that makes sense um would i keep doing this with food i didn't even do it on purpose this time would the biscuits give me any kind of bonus i don't know if that would apply for my macgyver move but um when you improvise a situation using whatever is at hand um Oh, I mean, that... it says that I have to ask you guys, so it's like it's okay if it doesn't. Um, yeah, I'll count, say that. But... I'll say it applies. That works for me. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and it's plus composure. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, kind of keeping calm. Um, as she's kind of being a bit hysterical. Um, that is an 11. All right. So that is a hit. Um, so she just starts getting like really upset and she's like, she's like, I, it's, he was, I think he was about to leave me. And she pulls out, she's got a, her purse and she pulls out, um, like what looks uh, printed out like uh, plane uh, plane tickets to somewhere. So this is New England. I'm going to say that these are for plane tickets to, uh, we'll say France. And there's, there's like his name is on one, but there's not another, there's, the name on the other one has been like scratched out. So you can't see like, it's not like scratched out like me, but like almost like redacted out. She says, I, I found these yesterday and I was, I asked him, why would he, First of all, why would he keep a receipt if he was going to black out someone's name? That just seems silly. But he said that he was doing it for his bookkeeping, and I just... He was always the organized one. Wait, so you found these... when? 
yesterday as we were getting ready for the show. All right. And I think, and I'm going to, I'm going to pause that for just a second. I'm going to pop back up to Mavis. Yeah. Um, Mavis. So you found two contestants are just chilling in the tent. You found, I mean, and there's other like the, like Buck, the cameraman is kind of walking around getting his cameras together. Producers running around hollering at everybody to get things together. Um, what, what would your course of action be? Um, well, I came here with the intent of like trying to <laughs> replicate what happened with the dough or like see if there was any other kind of reaction from the dough. But the rumors around Scott and just like what we found so far, uh, seeing him, like I kind of want to go talk to him. Okay. Um, so he like sees you walking over and he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey B. He's been B? calling all three of you B because he just in his head, you're all some variation on Beatrice or B Arthur. <laughs> and hey you. Um so congratulations on winning the technical challenge. Um what did you think about the judging this round? Like, I mean, it was very fair, right? Like, everyone thought that, like, my biscuits were the best, and they were, and, like, you know, I just, it's just how I roll sometimes. Like, I'm just really good. It's why they brought me back. Like, they just really wanted to up the level of the competition, and I know, like, technically, it's, like, you have to, like, live in Brindlewood Bay or whatever but like that's why like they rented me this into a cute little apartment and I've been here for like a month so I could like you know be a resident and be part of the show so just to clarify the show is renting you an apartment like yeah like you don't understand like I did really good numbers with the gays and the daddies and they both really wanted me back and so here I am so I must admit, um, as an as a fan of the show and as a viewer, it was a shock to see you back because you know, typically they reserve contestants coming back for all-stars seasons, you know, um, when they've had lip fillers and um that kind of thing. <laughs> um <laughs> so it was a shock seeing you back and um Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, there was some discussions around you and um, Paul had maybe gotten into an argument the last time you were here. Uh, give me a metal roll using your presence. That is a seven. Okay. Um. So on a seven... So there's a complication. You see him um, talking to, or you, he starts looking at you. He's like, no, I didn't have an argument with Paul. Paul and I got along great. He was, he's great. And no, what I was upset about was that I came back to my little apartment one day 
I mean, we were like a week out from the show and he like pulls out his phone and starts flipping through photos on his phone. And he shows you uh, your, the clue is a sheet cake with a very hateful message written in blood red icing. And the message is um, go home with a giant knife decoration kind of stabbing through the word go home. Um, he's like, I came home and like, I found this and it was on my front porch and it was just so rude. And I was like, Paul, you're a big wig on this show and you need to like, make sure that I'm not in danger because like, what if like, it was me that was in danger? Like, what if something was going to go wrong? And like, what if someone wants to kill me because I'm a better baker than them? And I mean, like, I am a better baker than them, but like, that's not reason to kill me. I can't help that. I'm just like naturally really gifted. Did anyone um so so you're contending that another contestant sent this cake to the apartment the show is renting for you? Did anyone know that you were here other than those who were working on the show? I mean, I don't know, like he like takes a deep breath. He's like, I mean Sue and Tim both know because like we're besties and when they come into town like we would have a drink uh Jane knows because Jane knows everything because she's just Jane um Heath knows because he's the producer and that's just what he does he knows everything I think he's the one that found me the room and then like I don't know who else knew I don't know I don't I saw other people in town and like some of the contestants came up and would be like hey oh my gosh I know you from uh the jolly good baking show so like it's not like it was a secret that i was here okay um well um good luck to you in the next round (laughs) um uh if you notice anything out of the ordinary um with your dough or with your flour or any other ingredients, um, let me know. All right. And I think on that, what I'm going to do now is I think that amount of time that passed for everybody is taking us to the next, like you all need to get your, your, your cakes going, um, to do final round. Are we doing them all on the same day? Yeah, it's going to be a, this is a, we're banging them all out. Um, the show started early. The cakes will be done by nightfall. Um, so you all are, you have to get this done by today. (laughs) So you all like, you all are, are, you know, they get you in. It's, it's time for the cake challenge. They got all the stuff is set up. Um, and you are like off to the races. Um, and so how many pieces of evidence have we given you all so far? Um, like a solid four or five, right? We got the ropes are one, right? The braided rope. Uh, technically, um, no. Sorry, let me. I'm gonna. You say got one, two. Oh, the, the three, poison. Four. Poison. Five. I've given you argument. Five official ones from my list. Okay. Like there's things, there's things that you've like used to fill in some gaps or like things that 
just people have told you, but like on a metal roll, getting the thing, yeah. you've gotten five official clues, which is- so is, is that the, the poison, the argument? It's the uh, poison, the argument, the tape, the cake with the message. Wait, is the argument and the tape two separate? No, sorry, it's all one. Okay, so, sorry, sorry. So, so I'll go, yeah, I'll go through it. So his body being poisoned, outtakes suggesting a tense off-camera uh, argument, plane ticket, cheat cake with message on it. Um. Oh, you got the 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 CEO, the the head of the BBC yelling at somebody. Yeah, and then the screaming doe. That was a, that's a separate. That's the void. That's a little bit different. Oh, okay. Um, I contract... didn't know that had something to do with the murder. <laughs> yeah, so technically you all have actually gotten six. And six okay. in total is your number that you're at right now. Um, so what we're going to do is just looking at time, making sure that we're kind of wrapping this up appropriately. So, Patricia, would you still be... Are you going to just ride this Paul thing out all the way to the end? Uh... I think that I've kind of gotten enough that I'm going to get out of it. Um, okay, so you're going to do the cake challenge? Yeah, I think I need to return to the competition. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have eat, we're going to do the cake round and then we're going to wrap it we're, while the while they're off deliberating. That is where you're going to theorize and see if you're able to solve the, the murder. Okay. So let's do the round of uh let's start with patricia what does your cake look like so uh my cake is an ode to the barbie cakes that my granddaughter always wanted um for her birthdays mm -hmm. and so this cake is this nice uh like ball gown dress and then I've made a uh, image of uh, Paul's wife, Donna, out of uh, fondant. <laughs> I don't know if that's hilarious or just touching or both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and then who did I, who judged your stuff before? Was that Rosemary? I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so is that a triumph or is it slightly disappointing? I think the pipe work is excellent. I think um, she's really redeemed herself uh, <laughs> from, you know, the flavor issue earlier. And then, um, you know, not being here in the middle. I think maybe it's the opposite extreme of the cake might not have enough flavor, but that is certainly better than too much. So I would call this a triumph. Awesome. Uh, Mavis, what also makes it a triumph? Um, I think the attention to detail of the fondant sculpture of Donna, even though maybe not a lot of people know who Donna is, like it's a like a behind the scenes ode to her and what she's going through. And I think Jane and the uh, Sue and Tim are all looking at it and they're like, Jane knows Donna, so she sees it and she's like, oh my goodness, this is this is immaculate. This is this is stunning work. This is the craftsmanship here. And they take a bite of it and the 
oh, the flavors are just, it just blends into each other. It's just a, where the everything bagel was just one successive flavor after another that didn't seem to go together. This is an entire palette that is just beautifully done. And I would, I would, I would buy this in a store. Um, I might ask for my own replica instead of Donna, but that's just me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Chance or Mavis, Mavis, what is your cake that you are presenting? So I think I'm subtly guided by the conversation that I had with Scott. Um, It is a blood chocolate sheet cake. (laughs) You cut into it and like (laughs) what appears to be like blood like comes out of it. Is Um, it like a molten, like a lava cake, but kind of uh, just like red toned? Yeah. Um, And um, the there's not a message on the sheet cake but i did like a typing like with the icing of like a like small little like cottage Mm. like a a home that you could go to (laughs) (laughs) um all right patricia do you feel like this is a triumph or slightly disappointing uh i i feel like it's a triumph uh I, I don't know how you got the blood to look so real. <laughs> but, but you pulled it off. I don't know either. Um, all right. And Rosemary, tell us about your cake. Um, I made, uh, I think, probably what looks more like a, a classic wedding cake. But uh, the flavors are... Um, probably orange uh and chocolate mm-hmm. and uh get to uh kind of showcase i think i used a lot of the different herbs of my garden for decoration to make a very like um floral natural arrangement there may have not been as much consideration as there should have been to the flavors of said herbs when eating <laughs> with the cake um that they look really pretty (laughs) and mavis is this a a triumph or slightly disappointing i think this is a triumph i think you know it's probably not as strong a showing as the first round but it is an improvement from the second round (laughs) where there were you know little biscuit holes uh, (laughs) presented this is actually, you know, a a structured cake and there's decoration and it looks very meticulous and the flavors are all there. Right. So the judges take all, like, they, um, and everyone's kind of looking around because, like, Paul's not there and um, the sheriff had come out and was like, well, the security was, like, walking around. He popped over and was chatting with Jane and she announced at the beginning, like, oh, it seems like Paul's taken taken ill. Um, something about uh, an everything pie he might have sampled um, <laughs> earlier, and so we're letting we're letting Paul rest. Um, and and I will be I will be really taking the reins. <laughs> I'll be taking the reins and you know making this decision as as best I can with everything that I've got. Um, 
And so you all start kind of wandering. It's like at this point, like it's dusk and you all are kind of walking toward um, the kind of waiting area. Like they've got like a room set up. The The sheriff comes by and is like, you know, I, I've got you a room. I need you three to sit, figure out. I've, I've heard you've been walking, you know, you've been chatting with people. A little. I think you've been getting some information. I need you to figure out what's going on. Um, cause the show's almost over and then people are going to leave and either I'll have to tell everyone that Paul's dead and we don't know who killed him or we can announce that we figured it out and then it's a victory. So she like takes you in. It's, it's like a very small room. It's like a couple, it's a couple chairs, like a table. It's literally like a makeshift, like maybe oh it was God. a storage space that they just like quickly whipped into like a small room for you. So you all are going to head into this little room and it's time for theorizing. So the way that theorizing works is I want you to talk about, you're going to, I'm not, it's not just a role to say like, did we get it or did we not? Like, I want you to take what you've got in front of you in terms of evidence and talk it out a bit to figure out, do we actually have a theory of what happened and then you'll roll and then I'll tell you yay or nay. Okay. So this is where you, I've, I've given you a topic. Talk amongst yourselves. I have a so, couple of theories actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I was mapping out like my theory while you were, while you had stepped away for a second. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, Sure. Um, mine is still kind of open-ended at the end, but I was just trying to like consolidate all of the different pieces of the evidence and like what they point towards. Um, so Paul specifically wanted to bring past contestants back and was causing problems for the show. And Jane seemed to be affected in a bunch of negative ways by that. Like she got yelled at by the executive, um, she and Paul did not have a good working relationship. The show to meet Paul's demands also went to great lengths to bring Scott back to the point where they were renting a place for him. Um, and Donna seemed to think that Paul was going to leave her and discovered that information recently. So whoever killed Paul had to be someone who, who was on set who had access to Paul before filming knew Scott was here and that the show was renting the place for him and had motive for killing Paul. Yeah. Which I feel like I feel like only eliminates um what was her name? Um Melanie. 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 I, th I think that only eliminates Melanie. Well I also it feels like Sue and Tim like, they're just happy to be here. They're just happy to be here. Um, they I honestly, I'm feeling like this is a two-person job. Whatever, whichever way the cookie crumbles, I feel like it was a two-person job. We could go murder on the Orient Express and say everyone was involved, but... <laughs> I, I think the evidence more points towards Jane being the person to do this because... Presumably, if Paul dies, Donna no longer gets to reap the the benefits 
of this job. Like she seems to have some dissatisfaction with it. Well, yeah, but I mean, like they're they're both like in the public sphere, like the public spotlight. Like they're a, a famous couple, so like I feel like even though like she had found out he was planning on leaving her um, with the plane tickets, like that's what it points towards. Was also with that she also could have inked out her own name if she was the one one of the people who killed him and wanted to help point the finger elsewhere and she uh, have access to the tickets i did talk to donna uh post murder and she wasn't too uh i mean maybe she thought i was just the old lady in a paul disguise but she didn't seem too um surprised to see Wait, you, you you talked to jane oh yeah jane i talked to jane yeah <laughs> I never, I never talked to Donna. Not as Paul. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like it was multiple people, and I feel like one of those people was definitely Jane. <laughs> I feel like she had a lot of problems to be solved. Uh, by Paul leaving um there's also something to be said for the sexism of it of like you know definitely was getting like probably paid less and and all that um i feel like i feel like scott is like obvious but with the whole sheet cake thing with animosity being pointed at him, I feel like that also kind of puts Donna, like if she found out that her husband was leaving, like plane tickets, you know, are neither here nor there on whose name is actually under the inked out portion. But somebody threatened Scott. And I feel like the only person who would do that before filming even started would be her if Paul was pulling strings to get him here. I oh, feel like she's feel like she's kind of the one person who wouldn't want him around because everyone else is like, you know, if like for production, if he leaves or if he like, you know, gets killed or whatever they're still paying for the apartment like it doesn't make a difference to them at this point he's here and that's not changing what's done is done um and it doesn't really make sense for jane because she didn't have anything against him personally it it could have been indicative though of like special treatment for paul like he gets what he wants like he gets his demands made and meanwhile she gets yelled at and like her opinion is she's the show. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like she wouldn't like I feel like she is dignified enough to not take it out on the contestants because it's not his fault. Like he I like I mean it might be, I don't know. He might have asked Paul to do it, but like there's there wouldn't be any way that she would know 
and that like whether he asked Paul to do it or if Paul just like made the showrunners do it like by very nature of you saying that though like doesn't that kind of say that like if he left and went back home like it would solve that problem for her yeah I mean that's kind of why I'm thinking it was both Jane and Donna they both have solid enough reasons I think I was I think I would have I, I I was thinking Scott before the threatening message because after that he wouldn't really have reason to hurt like that wouldn't Paul wouldn't have done that to him you know um and Paul was the one who was killed so like even if he has animosity for the other staff he might not I don't think he's committed any crimes at this point so I I also think it was probably Donna. Uh, maybe she found out about the affair. Um, I don't think it was Scott based yeah. on how I feel like he just really loved Paul. Like he was just kind of like infatuated with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like this was just kind of the opportunity for him to be like physically in Paul's presence again. And also the onset argument could have been Paul and Donna like mm -hmm. it could have been because she said she found the tickets yesterday I don't know how true that is <laughs> um and you know they also like I don't think it makes sense why he would have inked out the names but kept the receipt I feel like she I honestly this isn't even necessarily relevant to the murder I just feel like she inked out the names who who's ever name it's is there I feel like she's the one who inked it out either to save her own skin or just to save like the reputation of like the public having knowledge of who he was leaving her for um so but I, I honestly could feel Donna and Jane just girl bossing this so the the rope is is the sticky one though or yeah, no, that but, wasn't an actual clue though. Yeah, yeah that's just how like, they that's just how they found him. Yeah. So how how did they poison it? I guess that's the big question. I think So Don Donna's known on the set. No one would have questioned her being around. No one else eats the stuff unless it's really good except for the two judges. I think it would have been unreliable as far as body count, but reliable as far as, as far as getting Paul dead for them to slip something into one of the contestants' ingredients and then have um, Jane have a... Sorry, there's like a fly who's just been tormenting me. Um, then have Jane have like an antidote already like ready you know so that they both eat it and then she yeah like she maybe knew it was coming and... she also donna was alone in the trailer with him and could have slipped him anything in that time because he would have you know oh i'm making tea do you want some boom done and it's like he's her husband so like why yeah second guess it so it sounds um, like it sounds like we're honing in on Donna. I still think it's Donna and Jane. 
yeah. I feel like I feel like it. This was a two person job. Well, definitely Donna, though. I like, feel like definitely Donna, and then kind of like Jane question mark. I feel like Jane, like yes, she's a part of production, so like maybe she could have like unintentionally aided in some of this stuff. Um, especially like if Donna went to her as like, you know, I need help with this and like they've known each other for years. So like maybe Jane just doesn't question like why okay, Donna so needs help with a specific been, thing. It might have been Jane unknowingly being an unknowing accomplice. Yeah, like um mm. different things like that. So because and the what points me to like taking Jane potentially off as a suspect is just how she didn't seem like she was visibly reacting when she saw Patricia as Paul. Yeah. So I think it was Donna. That's true. Donna's reaction is the only one we didn't see to Paul being alive, but that's also because like we knew that she knew he was dead. Mm-hmm. We never really interacted with Heath, Heath Kendricks. Um, yeah, I feel like but, I don't really feel like he had anything to do with it, though. Like the only yeah, thing that like, was mentioned was that he Scott had said that he was the one that found the apartment he was living in. Yeah. And, you know, he was obviously annoyed with Paul and all of his demands, but, like, that's production. You don't, you don't kill people for that. Like, you know what you're getting <laughs> into when you deal with celebrities. All right. Let's, it's, like I said, it sounds like Donna is our, is our focal point. So yeah. who, who would like to do the honor of rolling the theorized role, which you have six clues with a complexity of four, so it ends up any, ending out to be a plus two to your role, because it's the number of clues minus complexity equals your role. I have my fancy glass and amethyst dice if we want to use the. All right. Yeah, you can roll. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go for it. What are we getting for? What's what's like the, is it 10? Ten? Ten, 10 is 10 is ideal. Okay. At least a 10. <laughs> that is a seven. All right. That so, is a total of seven. And there's no like help to this. Like we don't. There's no like. Can well, we have the uh, the gold crown, or is that not? Uh, I don't, you can't really use that on on a roll on, on your the on the theorized. theorized. The theorized okay. needs to be a roll. So you rolled a five. You rolled, you rolled a five plus two. Five plus two. Yeah. So your solution is correct, but there is an unwelcome complication. I'm telling you, it's Jane. <laughs> so you, so you all come, so you come back. Tell me, so you, you go back, everyone's kind of, you know, the, they're, they're lining you all up. They're announcing, um, Star Baker. Um, and it's, you know, they're Star going Burst around. Baker. Huh? Oh yeah. Starburst Star Baker. Starburst Baker. <laughs> and, James goes in the Starburst Baker of the the special Brindlewood Bay Jolly Good Baking Show is, and everyone gets very intense. And she goes, Melanie, and Melanie's like all frazzled and excited, and 
everyone's doing the very polite clapping. Yay, 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 yay. You see, you see Scott kind of like lean back and like roll his eyes. You see Sheriff Wyman come walking in and he's like, all right, I need everyone to hold up. And uh, some more of the, the police kind of push everybody inside. So now all of your suspects are in the tent. Um, and he goes, all right, Mavens, tell me you got something. Otherwise, this is about to get real messy. Well, we certainly got something. We have come to the conclusion that Donna, Paul's husband, Paul's was res- wife, or Paul's wife, <laughs> <laughs> Scott is Paul's husband. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, we came to the conclusion that Donna, Paul's wife, was responsible for his murder and poisoned him. And you see her get, she's so overdramatic. She's like, no, it couldn't possibly be me. I would never. Somebody else was involved. And the complication is you see Buck, the cameraman, bolt. And he goes running straight through the three of you and headed out the back of the tent. Can I trip him on my cane? You can give me a roll. <laughs> Is this? Oh, I keep I keep thinking of my own things for the MacGyver move. Um, <laughs> um I'm gonna say that this is a night move since we're we're probably cresting into at this point it has to be night because okay, it's been all day of baking. Um can I can I can I MacGyver this? Is this um yeah, I think what uh, Mavis and Patricia, what are what are a couple of things that might be around that that Rosemary could potentially have to trip? Um, uh, like one of those um, like baking cart things. Hmm. Patricia, um, anything? I was just gonna say a whisk. I, I think it's like a, probably like a broom or a mop might be lying around as well. Is like the cleaning okay. in between things. Um, how about okay? Wait, so, what was the first one again? A baking a, cart, a cart, a baking cart, yeah. Okay, um, I think I take a baking cart and a broom, uh, and just kind of how do, how do I want to work this? Um, like push it out in front of him. And then can I want to like like feed the broom through the cart like handles, but also through the oven door, so he can't just push it out of his way. It kind of gets stuck, and he like just like goes right into it. Okay, uh, give me get uh advantage. Yeah, and you're rolling, and this one's gonna be rolling. We haven't done this stat yet, so vitality. Okay. This involves your strength, dexterity, endurance, athleticism, or raw physicality. That is a six uh, plus three plus zero. So a seven. <laughs> Wait, you say, you rolled a nine. A nine, no. Okay, I can do math, I promise. It's a nine. <laughs> it's a nine. <laughs> it is still the same result. <laughs> um. So I think, so he goes running, you push the cart, he goes down, but he also grabs you in the process. That's fine. <gasps> and so this old these old bones have been through worse. 
So like he he's kind of got you like and like he tackles you and then kind of stands up with you being like held in a chokehold. And he's standing behind you and he's like, I'm not going to jail for you, Donna. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Can I kick him in the groin? Yeah, you can give me another <laughs> another night move. <laughs> just, I'm just taking my heeled shoe and going right for the nuts. Because that's what you do when someone's got you in a chokehold. That's another mixed success. That's a seven. This an actual seven this time. Um... All right, so the you... the amount of writing I have done on the cusp of failure is um is quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> also, you 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 give him the kick, and he you manage to kind of get away, but like you you like tumble over the cart. That's fine. Um, I'm gonna look at Mavis or Patricia. Are you? What do you want to do as he's trying to get away? Well, I see Rosemary go down, and I I know that brittle bucket of bones ain't what it used to be. So I'm going to go to her with my medical bag and try to, like, just check her over and make sure she's okay. Um, and because I haven't done this all game, because we haven't really been in right scenarios, uh, Rosemary, I think you're, I think you have a negative condition of being shocked. Mm. Fair. Uh, Patricia, what are you doing? Down. Um, I think I want to try to like pull the tent down, uh, on everybody and just trap everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Give me, I'm going to say it's a night move. I'm going to say it's physicality again. Cause you're trying to literally pull the tent down. Yeah. Like uh, I just I run over to the side where it's like tied down. Yeah. Yeah, give me the roll. Let's see how this goes. I got a three. Yeah, you don't do it. You don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) You literally don't get it. Actually, no, you can't. So I think what I think the way I want to play this out with this failure, Rosemary down, Mavis is dealing with Rosemary. I think Buck bolts and gets out. He's out the door. Um, and that would be like sheriff is doing absolutely nothing right now. Well, they're they're <laughs> like they're rounding Donna, and he kind of went bolting past you all. Like they're running; it all kind of happens so quickly. They're running toward you, but he's already kind of jumped and he's out. And we're gonna leave that as like a little nugget of if we ever wanted to revisit Brindlewood Bay, that Buck <laughs> has managed to get out. Um, all right. The, so Buck and Donna were having a long-standing affair. Donna got him the job on set. But Donna knew oh. that she couldn't get out of, and I'm going to ad-lib some of this, the, but the, so the them having an affair was part of their backstories. Oh. Um, oh. So they've been having, they were having an affair. And I my the way I would say this is, I think Paul locked her into a prenup when he, they both locked each other into prenups when they got married because they're celebrities and that's what they do. Yeah. And there was a cheating clause. And if one of them got caught cheating or like if, if infidelity was the reason for the divorce and she kind of was fine with like whatever rumblings about Paul and, and Scott. Um, like she didn't care. She didn't, she's kind of like, it's fine. Cause like 
if he actually pursued it, I would get all the money. And like, if she, if he left me for this, for this man, like we have enough evidence that like I could take him for all he's worth, but he never wanted to commit. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm coming back home to you. That was like a one time off. It was a mistake, whatever, whatever. So maybe he managed to work the legalese of it all. And so Donna's only escape, her, her perceived only escape was, well, if he dies, I get everything and I get to, and like, I can run off and live in America with Buck and no one will care. And she thought by poisoning him, it would read as one of the contestants. She helped finagle. She planted the seed to get Scott to come back for the show. She was kind of, she kept insisting on him making all these unreasonable demands. So everyone kind of just actively disliked him and made it harder for anyone to pinpoint who actually did it. She knows how to make good TV. She knows how to make good TV. It's literally her job. It honestly worked because you said poisoning and my first thought was contested. Yeah. All right. So that was a game of Brindlewood Bay. Um, That's awesome. I will say... And transparently, I did. I mean, I definitely missed the conditions thing quite a bit. There's and there's some ways you can like up the stakes and like try and have like people jumping out of shadows and doing some things. But I kind of played it a little bit more. There's a little like on the little bit on the cozier, lower stakes side. So but, like if you did this again, there's definitely ways like you can amp this up a bit yeah. more. Um, so on that note, uh, let's go around. Same order. You introduce yourselves. Uh, if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? And we'll start with Chance. Uh, my name is Chance, and uh, my social media is Sharkucci, um with a zero in place of the O. Um, and you can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky. Um, and I also am on Discord under that name as well, so... And I will put links in show notes so folks can can look in show notes for things. So, uh, Spence, where can people find you? Yes, yeah, so uh, my name's Spencer. Uh, I'm Poisoned Donut on pretty much every platform, um, but mostly Twitter and uh, Blue Sky now. Uh, and Ghost, if you'd like to be found on the internet, where can people find you? Uh, I am Merlin the Ghost on Blue Sky, Druidic VO on Twitter, the app formerly known as Twitter, um, and Druidic.Design on Instagram. And then as always, you can find the Queer XP on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Blue Sky, all under the Queer XP. Um, I've been very fortunate in being able to consistently brand myself with the same thing. and. Just a sneak peek of what's coming up. So this is our Monday episode. The On Thursday of this week, we're actually dropping our first of a mini campaign set we're doing with Legacy Life Among the Ruins. This is post-apocalyptic. Um, the characters play as both a family and a specific character within a family, um, a generation out from kind of an end, end of world event. And the story will follow these families for a couple episodes, and then we'll kind of rotate some different people in and out to kind of, and then jump a generation uh, to kind of see how this in the world builds over time. So it's a very cool thing we're hoping to do. We'll see how it goes. That first episode's coming out uh, on Thursday. And then next week we have a game of Fears and Fathoms, which is a spooky horror game with an all drag cast. Don't want to miss that. And then on 
November 2nd, because our social media did really well with uh, people following us on Twitter and Blue Sky, we are playing a game of the Jellicle Chance, which is a cat's tabletop role-play game where we will all vie for the Jellicle Chance to be picked for the Death Cult and ascend to the afterlife. It is going to be probably the most chaotic thing we've ever recorded. I hope everyone listens. Um, this is what happens when you follow us on social media. <laughs> um, but on that note, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for joining and playing. This has been super fun. Again, we played Brindlewood Bay by Jason Cordova. Be sure to go check out the game and all of his other stuff um, and support uh, queer game designers. So have a great rest of your week, everybody. And we will see you all later. Bye.